Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church, where we are sharing the good news, the gospel of the kingdom with all the nations of the world. That is so incredible to me. You know something? If you have just recently started watching this, wherever you are in the world, please send me an email at, uh, uh, at Impact Ministries. I want to hear from you because we are, we are actually being broadcast in every nation of the world. And I'm telling you what, we are doing everything we can to reach as many people and help people become true disciples of the Lord Jesus. Fall in love with God, trust Him with your whole heart, and follow Him uh, completely and live this incredible quality of life that He promises. You know something? We started last month, and, and we were talking about three days that changed the world. And honestly, there were just so many things I wanted to share. We could not stop uh, at the end of the month. So we're going to be sharing some more things because the, 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 your salvation... And I'm not talking about just your born-again experience. I'm talking about your salvation, which has to do with your quality of life, has to do with uh, 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 not only being born again, but being healed and delivered and blessed and prospered and protected and made whole and enjoying all the aspects of this life that we have in God. Your salvation is by grace and faith. And what happens is this. It's not faith for grace. It's faith in what Jesus accomplished through His death, burial, and resurrection. And the problem is, most of us, even though we have references to the cross of Christ, or, we ha or we'll make reference to the blood of Jesus, the honest truth is, to most people, those are just religious words and phrases that have no true meaning. So, you know, people will say, I believe in the cross of Christ. Well, well what does that mean? Does it mean that you believe exactly what the Scripture says about it? Do you believe what happened to Jesus on the cross? Do you believe that He literally became your sin? Do you believe that He died and went to the abode of the wicked, alienated from God? Do you, you know, what do you believe about His resurrection? What do you believe He had to do to come up out of the grave? You see, our capacity, the grace of God, God's ability, God's strength, works in us based on what we believe about uh, the finished work of Jesus, about what He accomplished through His death, burial, and resurrection. And so we cannot experience grace or anything greater than we have knowledge of and that we have faith in. The Bible says in, in Romans 10 17, says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And if you put that Scripture in context, it's basically saying not not the word that God speaks to you, but the word that the preacher speaks to you. And, and, and he's saying there, you can only have faith for what you have heard or what you have read. And so, you know, I see in great people, love God, sincere, seeking to make this journey with God that are struggling every single day and they are operating what they honestly believe is faith and uh Maybe it does relate to some promise of God, but the problem is it's not rooted in what Jesus accomplished through His death, burial, and resurrection, which means uh, it is not going to produce any 
what the Bible calls resurrection power, resurrection life in you. And so, you know, this is just so important. I just absolutely could not leave this alone. You know, uh, and some of you may know this. Every Thursday, I do a podcast with Bob and Audrey Meisner. And I've, uh, we've been doing television and various kinds of ministry together for 25 years, probably. And, um, uh, and so, uh, by the way, if, if you ever want to watch that, you can go to, to mynewday.com or you can go to, uh, um, uh, well, I'm sorry, I just, went, I just went blank. You can go to our website and find out about it. Matter of fact, one of the things we're going to be posting on our website, and it'll probably be there by the time this comes out, is all the places you can go to to get our broadcast. Because, uh, you know, we, this, you can get this through, uh, through Apple. You can get this uh, through uh, Vimeo. You can get this through uh, Android podcast. You can get this off of our website. We have all kinds of places where you can get this that should work anywhere you are. And that's what we want. We want to make it possible for people all over the world that have any kind of access at all to the Internet to be able to hear these messages, develop their life, and grow in God. But we were talking, Bob and I, Audrey and I were talking the other day, just about the whole concept of, of the blood of Jesus. What do people think of when they hear about the blood of Jesus? What, what, I mean, what, what does that say to you? I don't know about you, but I, I've been in prayer meetings with, with people with certain kind of backgrounds, and they're walking around uh, just saying, I plead the blood, I plead the blood, I plead the blood of Jesus, I plead the blood, I plead the blood. And, and you're just like, you, you, you kind of like, I, I, what do you even mean by that? What, what, are, what are you even talking about? That phrase is not in the Bible anywhere. And what do you mean by it? And the amazing thing is when you talk to people sometimes about like the, the blood of Jesus or, or even using the name of Jesus, it's more like a formula or an incantation, but it has nothing to do with what they believe about the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Now, if, if this is your first week to this, to this subject matter, you may want to go back and listen to every one of the previous four messages, because I'm telling you, we're, we're going to be diving in starting today into some things that are really not for the faint of heart. And I'm telling you what, religious people just lose their minds when they hear this, unless they have the opportunity to see what the Scripture says at this point. Now, we have talked about, up to this point, we've talked about what really happened on the cross. And we have talked about, uh, 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 you know, some of what happened in the grave and the fact that Jesus was in the grave for three days and three nights. And we also talked about the fact that when Jesus rose from the dead and, and Mary was there at the tomb on the first day of the week, Sunday, uh, Jesus said to Mary, don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, which means he was in the grave in the realm of the dead and possibly, probably in, uh, in the realm of, of the dead that were alienated from God. You say, well, how can you say that he was alienated from God? Well, I'll tell you how I can say it. Because on the cross, one of the last things he said was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, I've, I've listened to people talk about that passage and just say, basically, he was just quoting that to fulfill the prophecy, I think, in Isaiah. Listen, he wasn't quoting that. He was stating what actually happened to him. He was 
alienated, separated from God. Why was he separated from God? I'll tell you why he was separated from God. Because, see, Jesus went through what we call, uh, what I call, the great exchange. The word reconciliation that you read in the New Testament could and probably should have been translated as exchange. Because a reconciliation is, is where two things, there's an exchange that happens between two things. It, it's sort of like, it's sort of like when a person buys something, they make a payment that they give to you that that payment is an expression of the value for what they're purchasing. And based on that payment, they receive whatever it is that you have. So, so the person with the money gives it to this person, and this person gives to them whatever thing of value it is that they're seeking. Well, you know, one of the, one of the great things that immediately comes out of that is the realization of how much God values you. God values mankind so much that He gave His only begotten Son, the second person of the Trinity. And, you know, we can't even get our heads around that concept of of there being a trinity, but there, there is a trinity. And actually in the, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew language, when God calls himself one God, there's, there is the understanding that, that this is a plural unity. It's not just like the number one. It's a plural unity that's expressing a trinity. All through the Old Testament, you have God referring to himself in the plural. Let us make man in our own image. And so, so you, there's always been the concept of a trinity. Now, so the second person, what they call the second person of the Trinity, which I don't think is even correct terminology, but it's just some way to explain it. Jesus, the, the, the only begotten Son of God, was the sacrifice that God made, which expressed His incredible value that He had for you, for, for mankind. And I don't know about you, but that encourages me to know that I am worth the life of Jesus. Not just worth his life, I'm worth the fact that he gave his life. Now, on the cross, Jesus shed his blood. And so the Bible makes, uh, particularly the New Testament, makes constant reference to the blood of Jesus. Now, the Old Testament gave us all of the types and shadows through the feast and through all the sacrifices so that we could understand what Jesus actually accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection. And I'm just going to tell you, that's another thing. People who don't have knowledge of the feast and what they were about, and what the sacrifice is about, are, are, I'm not saying they don't know anything about the resurrection, but I'm saying they're limiting what they know about the cross of Christ. They're limiting their understanding. Therefore, they're limiting the scope of their faith. Therefore, therefore, they're limiting the experience of resurrection power in, in their own life. And that doesn't mean they're not good people. doesn't mean they don't love God. It means that we can only have faith for that which we have heard. We can only have faith for that which we know. Faith is not walking blind. Faith is where you have information and you get to choose that information. You get to choose whether or not you believe God's account of the, of the information. So, so the shedding of blood, of course, always 
number one, represent and is a type of, of death. It always speaks of death, but it also speaks of, uh, of wrath. It, uh, it's, it's an expression of wrath. When, some, when there's enough wrath that somebody sheds the blood of someone else, then, then that is the ultimate expression of wrath. So on the cross of Christ, Jesus becomes our sin. And we talked about this in, in last month's messages that it was not the stripes of, of the Roman soldiers that had anything to do with our salvation. That didn't have anything to do with our healing. I've heard some great sermons about that. And, uh, and I understand how people get confused about it because the word stripes, by, it says by his stripes we're healed. That word stripes in both the Greek and in the Hebrew uh, is the word bruise. And the Bible very clearly states that after God made all of our iniquity to rush upon and meet in him that that he that he bruised him and it was it was the bruising that god laid upon jesus that ultimately it was the ultimate expression of god's wrath against sin and um, man there's so much we could go into there is that is not god's rejection of mankind that is god hating sin hating the destruction that had come upon mankind hating what happened to mankind hating death hating the curse hating all of those things that were destroying destroying the life of mankind so from the very first sacrifice in the bible we have the realization that there had to be blood in order for there to be uh, an acceptable sacrifice. And we saw that in all of the sacrifices of, of the Old Testament, of the Old Covenant. And so all of those were types to show us uh, that Jesus literally poured out his life. He, he literally died and suffered all of the wrath of God. We discovered last week that, that in the Hebrew in Isaiah 53, it tells us that Jesus didn't just die one death. He didn't just die a physical death, but he died physical and spiritual death. Now, physical death, now don't jump, don't lose your mind just yet. You know, physical death, according to the Bible, is just when the spirit leaves the body. So it's separation. Spiritual death doesn't mean your spirit dies. It doesn't mean your spirit ceases to exist in the way we think about death. But spiritual death would be, if, if, if physical death is when your spirit leaves your body, then spiritual death is when you are spiritually disconnected from God. Now, the whole idea behind all of the sacrifices was that a, a lamb or some particular animal, according to the sacrifice, that was without blemish. In other words, it had no fault of its own. It, it did not deserve any kind of punishment. It did not deserve any kind of suffering. That 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 all of the all of the sins of the person is transferred to that animal, and then that animal suffers the consequences that the worshiper would would have had to suffer. He, uh, so the animal suffers all those. And see, God was the one that established the law of double jeopardy. And the law of double jeopardy tells us that you can't be punished twice for the same crime. And so since the animal becomes our sin and suffers the punishment that we deserve, then the law of double jeopardy is invoked because now since that, that sin, that transgression, whatever it is, has been paid for, it can't be paid for a separate time. It can only be paid for once. And so by the, in the Old Testament, by the animal suffering the consequences 
the individual because of their faith in the mercy of God. And see, they weren't actually sacrificing these animals and changing God's mind. That wasn't, that wasn't the point. They were sacrificing these animals out in response to God's promise to always give mercy, to always give forgiveness, to always restore, to always be willing to, to, to be there when, when we draw near to Him. And so, and so, but that, that blood of those, of those animals, that, that, that price that those animals paid actually never could cleanse a person spiritually like the blood of Jesus. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into that at, at, at some particular point. But Jesus became our sin. And actually, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, I think it is, it says that, it says that God made him who knew no sin to become sin that we might become or be made the righteousness of God. So there's an exchange that takes place, and that exchange is this. Jesus, the Lamb of God, just like those lambs in the Old Testament that were sacrificed, had no blemishes, had no faults, had no sin of his own. He became our sin. Now, I want to tell you something. There is an incredible conflict in the body of Christ about whether or not Jesus literally became our sin. And the whole basis of this conflict revolves around carnal thinking. Because you see, there is no way to explain this and, and intellectually make it fit, make everything fit. There's no way, there's no way to come up with a, with a formula for this that works because here's Jesus without sin. He's the Son of God, committed no sin of his own, and God lays on him the iniquity of us all, and he literally becomes our sin. You know, I think, I think at best, uh, uh, Many believers might believe that Jesus carried our sin. It's almost like, well, he got a little backpack full of sin. He slipped on his backpack and he carried it for us. But man, the concept of Jesus becoming sin just makes people's heads explode. You know, I can remember preaching in a church uh, years ago, probably probably 30 years ago, 25, 30 years ago. And uh, just outside of Chicago, a large church, man, this pastor wanted me there, wanted me there, wanted me there, wanted me there. And so I came and so, so I began talking about the exchange and talking about Jesus becoming our sin and dying the death of the wicked. That's what it says in the, in the, in the book of, uh, of Isaiah, chapter 53, when it says that word where it, it has a plural word for death, it, you know, it talks about he died with the wicked in one of his deaths. He died with the wicked. That's more than just the fact that he was crucified with, with two wicked people, but his death, his abode after death was with those who had been alienated from God. And, and, uh, like I said, the fact that he said on the cross, my, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was totally alienated from God. And that absolutely doesn't make sense. But I remember when I was sharing these, these scriptures, afterwards the pastor comes to me and he says, man, what's your, that's heresy. You know, that is heresy. That is demonic, what you're teaching. I said, and so I'm just showing him, I said, here, here it says it in the Bible. And it's sort of like what we do with so many doctrines. Like, well, it, it may say that, but that, that's not what it really means. Well, we discovered last week that when Jesus was in the grave, in those three days and three nights, that he was doing something. And, and we talked about the fact, I think, I think we talked about it last week. We talked about the, or maybe the week before, we talked about uh, the fact that, that Jonah was a type of Jesus 
in the grave. And Jonah talked about how that, how that, Whenever he was swallowed by the fish and taken down to the depth, he talks about this incredible struggle that he goes through, about how he's overwhelmed. But he keep, but he always keeps saying, "But I, but I will worship God. I will, you know, uh, enter into His holy temple. I will." In other words, even though he had this incredible struggle, he still had a belief based on based on the Word of God that he clung to, and so. If that's a type of, of Jesus in the grave, then we know that Jesus didn't go and spend three days and three nights in paradise. We know that Jesus didn't go spend three days and three nights in the presence of God because he made this statement at his resurrection that he had not yet ascended to God. So when you say, what was Jesus doing in those three days and three nights? Well, I'll tell you what Jesus was doing. Having become our sin... And having died the death that we would deserve to die, and having been ushered into the consequences that we would have to face if we died in our sins, Jesus fought a battle that evidently, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it lasted the full day, three days and three nights. I don't know if there's some, I don't know if, 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 at some point, he crossed over from Sheol to, to what they call uh, the bosom of Abraham, which is a high probability. We, we don't know. You know, we can't put an exact number of hours and minutes on this. But I can tell you this, for a period of time, Jesus was separated from God. He had no sense of the presence of God. And I tell you, you go back and read what they call the Messianic Psalms, where, where it talks about the bulls of Bashan had gathered round about me. And he talks about, he talks about this warfare that went on, and it took place while he was in the grave. Man alive. Is, is this an eye-opener or what? Now listen, I'll, I'll come right back to that. But I just, just want to mention this to you. Here at Impact Ministries, we are sharing the truth. I mean, what really happened at the cross, we're sharing the gospel of the kingdom with the world. And I want to invite you to participate. I want to invite you to help us do this because I want to tell you something. It costs money. And, you know, we don't take up a lot of offerings on here. We don't beg for money. We don't pressure for money. We don't make you any fake promises for money. We just say, if you really want to be involved in something that really is reaching people, really transforming people's lives, training leaders around the world, raising up churches all over the world, raising up Bible schools around the world, then I want you to consider becoming a world champion changer with us and uh, helping us change the way the world sees God. Because I want to tell you something, the world needs to hear the truth about what happened at Jesus. I mean, at the cross of Christ, they don't need to hear just a watered down message. They don't need to just hear little bits and pieces about what happened. We all need to know everything we can know about the cross of Christ, because that is the scope of our, of our faith and the degree to which we are going to experience the grace of God for the resurrection life. So go to impactministries.com and, and click on the link that, that'll take you to the World Changer page. Get some information about being a World Changer. Call us, 256-536-9402. We'll be glad to talk to you and share with you. And we want to invite you to help us change the way the world sees God. So Jesus, is he's, he, he, he dies the death of a sinner. I don't, you know, there's aspects of this that if you explain, you know, you explain it with, with, with the words that we have to explain something with, it, it, it just almost doesn't make, but it just doesn't make sense. We just can't get our head around this.
But Jesus dies, and he is going to fight a battle, and it is a battle that has to do with his faith. You know, you can't see this too much in the English translations of the Bible. But we do know this. We do know that this journey with God is from, is from faith to faith. Now, this salvation that we have starts with the faith of Jesus. It starts with the faith that he exerted to overcome hell, death, the grave, the devil, sin, all of that. But it is consummated. His faith comes to fruition when we enter into faith and we believe what he has done for us. We take on what he has done for us and it becomes ours. So when Jesus is in the grave, he had to operate faith in God's promises about him. Now, this is the perfect model. This is the one place that you can go to and understand how to operate faith when you're facing any kind of struggle. Because, you see, Jesus had promises made to him. The Word of God said things about who he was, said things about what was his, said things about what God was going to do for him. And everything in his circumstances denied the Word of God. And that happens to us. We face situations where our circumstances are not at all in line with the Word of God. Now, what most people do at that point is people begin to beg God. They call it prayer, but it's not. They begin to beg God to do for them what God's already done for them through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you see, for Jesus to come up out of the grave, he had to win the battles. He had to, he had to win the battle of, of faith. He had to win the battle about who he was. He had to win the battle over his circumstances. He had to win the battle over the power of death. He had to win the battle over the power of the devil. He had to win the battle over the power, every power of darkness that works against, worked against him. And he did that because he was absolutely relentless in holding on to the truth about who he was and the absolute assurance that God's promise to him would be fulfilled. That's how we have to do it. And so Jesus operated faith. He operated faith in God's Word. When all of these struggles were going on and all of his emotions were about to be overcome, he would not be moved. And I want to tell you something. At some point, at some point, his heart became fully invested in this truth. At some point, even though he had been alienated from God for us, for our sins, his heart held to the truth of who he was and to the truth of his resurrection, to the truth that he would sit on the throne, to the truth that the, that, that the scepter of his throne would be righteousness and that all of his enemies would be made a footstool, a footstool. He believed the truth. That's why the Bible says that he was raised up in righteousness. And the word righteousness means as it should be. He was raised up in his true identity as it should be. I'll tell you something. When we believe what G the battle that Jesus won. And when we believe that we are in Him, 
we're going to experience that same resurrection power. Next week, that's where we're going. Now listen, the faith of Jesus. I'm telling you, there, there's more here than we can go into. If you want to know more information about this, be sure and get our series that goes along with this three days that change the world. I go into all kinds of things that I, that I don't have time to go into in these broadcasts. And the truth is, this is one of these things I could preach on every single week for the next year, and I'd probably be introducing you to new material. But let me remind you, if you're in a situation, you say, man, I want this series. I want to get more details. I want to get more inf information, but I just can't afford the series. Then go over to moveyourboundaries.com at Impact Unlimited or go to our website, impactministries.com and, and click to go to Impact Unlimited. And for $1, you can sign up on a monthly program where you will have access to all of my books, all of my teaching materials. And you, you can, for, then for pennies a day after that, you can invest your heart in the Word of God. Listen, I'll see you next week. We're going to take it to a higher level. Be ready. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.